0: Everybody, we're here for Sunday School Bonanza. We're here to go over a Gospel Doctrine lesson and make your life a better, more joyous, wonderful place. And this is a production brought to you by This Week in Mormons. You can find us at thisweekinmormons.com. Visit us on Facebook, which is slash This Week in Mormons, at The Real Twim on Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Oh, but find us on Instagram. We're going to be starting some new stuff on there. So we are uh, This Week in Mormons on Instagram. We're actually going to be working on a new project there, and it would behoove you to follow us. But enough of the plugging stuff. We just hope you'll listen in and subscribe however you like. I'm joined once again this week by Lauren Johnson. Hello.
1: Hello. I didn't know you were going to be on Instagram. I want to hear more about that plug.
0: <laughs> well, we're on Instagram. We've, we've done some study sessions, some, some, some modules for uh, gospel study in the past. But we are going to be sort of moving that and doing a bit of an Instagram format for it. So if you, get, you awesome. find us, you know, This Week in Mormons on Instagram, what we're going to be doing is having different topics, posting questions, and you can write on your own. Or, of course, we encourage you to comment and respond to on the, uh, the post itself on Instagram. So definitely go find us there on Instagram. And uh, we're going to get it going here in the next couple of days or so once we get it all geared up. Nice. Party. Cool. Yeah. How you doing, Lauren? Nice to nice you for good. you to join us.
1: Thank you. Thanks for what's thanks for letting me inviting me once again.
0: Yeah, what's going on in your life? Do you have anything you want to share with people? Anything to plug? <laughs> anything going on?
1: Uh nothing much to plug, thanks for asking though. But I did just sure. get back from the Dominican Republic, uh, visiting an old mission companion of mine out there who lives there with a Did you family.
0: both master baseball? No. Have you been drafted? No. Well, then the trip was a failure, but I hope you had
1: fun. <laughs> well, thank you. We 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 enjoyed the beach quite a lot and the sun, mm-hmm. which, you know, I live in Boston. It's been a rough winter, so I left 19-degree weather.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to complain. I mean, it's been bad in D.C., but probably much worse up yeah. there. It's, I would assume, so mm-hmm. no room for complaint here. It's fine. Yeah. Folks, our lesson this week, now that we're getting to it, lesson 11, it's called, How Can I Do This Great Wickedness? Uh, last week, if you remember, or the previous lesson, uh, we, we very quickly went through Abraham, Isaac, and then getting to Jacob, and we hinted at what's going to happen with Jacob. Jacob, of course, is renamed Israel at, at a particular point, and uh, what happens is, you know, of course, Jacob took to wife, we have Leah, you have Rachel, and then also, also, he married Zilpah and Bilhah, who were... Uh, handmaids of um of Leah and Rachel, basically, because this was his brother-in-law Laban. So it's all Laban's family, basically. And so this is where we get the twelve tribes of Israel. You got a bunch of different people born out of all twelve tribes. First of whom, of course, is Reuben. Eleventh of whom is Joseph, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes. yes. Um so anyway, so of course we, we even hinted at it last week, the whole point of a birthright We're going to go into a little bit of this because Reuben, you know, does some bad things. Things happen. And Joseph, 11th born, actually gets the birthright because he is the firstborn of the second wife. Okay, so Reuben was privy to the birthright initially because he was the firstborn of Leah, Jacob's first wife. And then if he were to lose it, it goes to the firstborn of the next wife. It doesn't go to number two from the first wife, if that makes any sense. So... That's why Joseph received it eventually. Uh, I f- I think the attention activity here f- is pretty straightforward. It's but it's a simple question we can ask ourselves: attention activity or not? Basically, just like what standards of sexual morality are presented today by popular media? You know, if, if we look at whatever we have—television shows, books, magazines—I mean, what's the current climate?
1: I just finished watching The Bachelor. Terrible. Uh, so did
0: I. So I'm and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Maybe I well, should. Be,
1: this though. is a perfect example though.
0: <laughs> I think of that, declining honestly, when morality. I the reality. I think when I watch The Bachelor, I can it's one of the few things where I can actually feel the spirit just like dissipate from my home.
1: Right? Exactly. I it's I just so told my husband who does not watch it with me. Oh, uh, I wish he on, would. Guy. That it was going to be my last season cuz it's just so bad.
0: <laughs> yep oh. my wife and i were trying to swear we decided we weren't going to watch it anymore but then we just got sucked in especially because we got rid of cable it's because So it's, of it's like people oh.
1: watching too it's reality television and so i don't know i like watching people i'm a journalist right i find people interesting yeah so but, but. in
0: many yeah but it is terrible i mean aside yes. from even just any sort of uh, amorality that you might find or whatever else is on there. It's just it's just dumb programming that, it that celebrates the worst in all of us. It and does that's what celebrate
1: we find. it and that's the problem. It celebrates it. Yeah. Yes.
0: And that's the problem with a lot of a lot of things today. And of course immorality is rampant in this day and age. It doesn't have to just be taking it all the way to pornography, which we so easily mm-hmm. do. It can be all sorts of stuff. And I think we all need to be prayerful on our own about what is appropriate, what helps us bring the Spirit into our homes, what helps us draw closer to the Savior. I mean, well, so. I think we have to be pragmatic, definitely. Uh, we, we hear a lot of the time, you know, if it doesn't bring you closer to God, why waste your time with it? But then I think there's a lot to interpret there. I could watch Apollo 13, which really doesn't do anything for my testimony, per se, but I feel like it's an inspiring tale that helps yes. me appreciate my fellow man and a lot of things along those lines. For And example.
1: in that sense, it could increase your testimony, so don't
0: don't exactly. Don't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right.
0: But be prayerful, be choosy. And we're gonna get into a lot of that today. But before we get into the, especially the worlds of the world of immorality, uh we've we go to Joseph, wonderful Joseph, who's just an obedient kid, an all-around good guy. Um but one of the main things that happens here is that his brothers are very, very jealous of him. They are always jealous of him no matter no matter what happens. And I'll read to you here from Genesis thirty-seven. In verses three through eight, maybe I'll read them all, but he says, you know, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. So that's the first problem. Israel favored Mm -hmm. a son. You can't have a favorite. Come on, guy. (laughs) Because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. the, The technicolor dream coat, as it were. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet, <laughs> yet the more. Because he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance, obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Thou shalt indeed reign over us, or thou indeed have dominion over us. And they hated him yet more for his dreams and for his words. So we see... A lot of reasons why these other brother and our brothers are kind of upset about this notion. Because really, I mean, of course you see parallels with Nephi and his brothers, but it's just like, I mean, mm-hmm. how would any of us feel? Right. For one, I, I hope, Lauren, that you don't have feel that there is a favorite child in your family and it's oh, not you. Oh, there is. There is. But And is it evident, though? Do you feel? Yeah,
1: we've talked about it.
0: Let's talk about the pain. <laughs> Tell me.
1: There is no pain, but I think there could if somebody was. Insecure. We find it funny. He actually changed his name in my mother's phone to say, my favorite child. So that every time she texts, (laughs) it says, do you want to come home for dinner? My favorite child will be here. And we laugh. Um,
0: but, (laughs) (laughs) but at least you can laugh. But
1: at least we can laugh. And I don't think, I mean, my, he never got a Technicolor dream coat and few of us do. Of but I think that my mother doesn't make it blatantly apparent. It's not that he has incredible, um, power over all of us. There's no birthright involved. I think that would right. definitely cause, uh, some greater issues if we had birthrights today in that sense that, you know, this child gets everything.
0: Yeah. Now that, but now that
1: would, uh, be something, you know?
0: The interesting thing though is, as far as I can tell, Jacob, Israel, had not proclaimed the birthright upon Joseph or anything like that. I mean, that might've been something that was understood.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're via right. Other
0: channels, but this was not like, say with Isaac, where the Lord had had a revelation that said, no, you will, Isaac, even though you're the second born of these twins of you and Esau, you will be the one to receive these things. This was more almost circumstantial, but I, I get right. the impression that you're Jacob right. was a good, obedient, non-troublesome son. And for mm-hmm. that reason, Jacob very much favored him in a way because it's like the kid he could depend on. You know, He was the least schmoish of all of his sons. So he's just like, right. I love this kid. Of course, he's great. He's wonderful. Yeah, no and wonder. if,
1: if do you ever get... This is me too. I've learned this actually in the past week. Sometimes I do get irritated by um what... I don't know how else to explain it, but overly earnest people when they're like so good, like the teacher's <laughs> pet. Think of the teacher's pet. You know, that they're just... Sure. Everything they say is right and almost they're too good or maybe there's even a lack of a sense of humor or something and it's just so perfectly amazing obedient righteous good honest that it almost comes across as not genuine even though it might be genuine i'm like maybe going off topic here but well, maybe. that's I mean, something yeah, we, to think we, about too like <laughs> i think sometimes if he was so perfect and his father doted on him because of this there would be resentment there and you would think come on like notice me or you know just yeah it would yeah. be an issue
0: and that's not even to say joseph was you know like smarmy about being good you know we know that joseph was a humble Yes, Good individual who did what was right. But that naturally is going to draw attention, of
1: course. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And of course, even, I mean, you even see this example here where uh, his father asks Joseph to go see what his brothers are doing, see how they're doing. And so he traveled all the way to find uh, Shechem, who's about 45 miles away, and he couldn't find anybody there. And he travels basically all over the immediate area. But back in the day, you know, even a 12-mile journey to Dothan was a serious undertaking. But just, Joseph just goes. And does it? He doesn't ask any questions. He just goes and does uh, what his father asks. Mm. And then, of course, we see though that uh, his brothers are going to conspire to get rid of him. They're so fed up. And there's an interesting account in Genesis 37, sort of of the different views here. Reuben initially just wanted to chuck him in the pit that they did do and just leave him there. But then uh, Judah said, "Wait a second. What does this profit us if we just leave the guy in a pit to die? Why don't we pull him out of here, find some Ishmaelites?" And sell him as a slave and at least make some money that we can take to improve our our homestead. Um, Very different attitudes, none of which are great. And eventually, you know, they sold him for uh, 20 pieces of silver, which I think is an interesting parallel to what Judah, sorry, what Judas, interesting too. You have Judah who wanted the money and then Judas, the disciple of the Savior, who also sold Christ for pieces of silver. So it's interesting parallels there, which I uh, doubt very much are coincidence, Mm. obviously. But, but... Lauren's going to tell us why it wasn't all bad for Joseph even after he was sold into slavery.
1: Well, because he is such a good guy and a hard worker and obedient and humble. He found favor uh, with Potiphar um, as a slave even. And he was yeah. he was um, blessed even as a slave. And I actually think that's beautiful too. Can I say really quickly, there's that quote that says, if you're, whatever you do, be the best at whatever you do. You're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper you can be. And I think that shows um, gratitude and work ethic and humility and obedience and everything. And I think, so, I think right there you can see the true character that Joseph yeah. was. You know, here he is totally um, treated terribly, sa- sold as a slave. I mean, his world is completely turned upside down from going to the favorite child to now being a slave, and sold by his own brothers. And here he has found favor, though, even as a slave and, um, and it actually says, so Genesis chapter 39, Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down Thither, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him over, overseer over the house, and all that he had put into his hand. So, he was an incredible, um, man. He could have made many excuses and here he was, um, doing well. And then, um, of course we know though that Potiphar's wife, we've all heard this story. I think she's the
0: worst. (laughs)
1: She's the total worst. Total worst.
0: That woman.
1: Mm. Yeah. She wanted to lie with him. Is that how they said it in the scriptures? I'll I'll read that really quickly. What happened? (laughs) And this is, um, uh, let's see. Oh, where am I? Oh, I have the wrong actually. Scripture's up for it. Let me go really quickly. So it's Genesis 39.
0: Oh, my goodness. Here we go. 39. And it
1: came to pass. Let's see. Uh, um, Oh, here we go. Okay, excuse me. 39 still. uh, Verse 7. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master, is that wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, then how can I do this great wickedness? wickedness? And then it goes on, and she, she says again, Lie with me, almost, or else. And he ran, he fled. As it said, he said, she caught him by the garment saying, lie with me once again. And he Uh left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And that is a story that goes down, I think, in in a scripture legend, almost of that moment that he fled Potiphar's wife because he didn't even consider it. He wasn't even going to be tempted he yeah. left the situation. Because We've all heard he, he that story, have, you
0: know. He could have easily done it and just swept it under the rug, not worried mm-hmm. about it or anything. But he didn't do that. No, he made a a strong choice and ran away. I think there are great examples from that, especially just to not try to stare down temptation necessarily. I think all too often we feel like we have triumphed when we can get right up against temptation and just say, This doesn't do it to me anymore. When in all reality, we might always experience temptation for whatever things ail us. And so the best thing we can do is just get the heck away from them, no matter what. Don't try to test the waters or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Don't put yourself in that situation. And I remember I remember once hearing a friend say that. She said, well, I don't know if I'm strong yet because I haven't been in that situation. And we don't have to prove ourselves necessarily by putting ourselves in a situation. Just avoid it. You know, just
0: exactly which actually reminds me of a there was a a post that our friend kurt kurt's hosted the show before kurt from leading com. he actually wrote a post recently that we put up called sin does not make you stronger and the point of it was exactly what what you just said he's saying like it's great that we can repent that's an important part of the atonement but don't say like i'm glad i did all these things because it's made me a better person and this and that it's not like we're all straight up like we need to know the sorrow to know happiness. It's that we need to learn yeah. the value of abstaining and of being strong enough. The strongest people are the ones who resist sin, not the ones who succumb and repeat and have and live to tell the tale. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we should get to a point where we can just resist and avoid. Yeah.
1: Avoid, yeah, and avoid the appearance of evil. It all, like, all goes down to that just leap. But, but I think also what happened next to Joseph, although these two stories, even though this is all one story, these are often told in two mm-hmm. different parables, I feel like. Two okay. different family home evening lesson sometimes but joseph was actually sort of punished for his virtuous deed we want to yeah. we want then the the hero to be rewarded you know that that's the final the end okay you know he did the right thing but Potiphar's wife who we now know is a terrible uh tempt tempter temptress whatever temptress. you want to call she's her she's the worst um then goes and lies about what happened because she had his garment when he fled, and yeah. essentially, essentially, it sounds like she's almost implying that he came in and was trying to rape her. Oh yeah, it, yeah of course, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, for being virtuous, he's then thrown into prison. Not the story of your average, not the heroic
0: ending no. kind of you want. But as we'll find in even next week's lesson interesting things happen because he's in prison. And honestly, yes. because of his experience in prison, Joseph eventually actually winds up in a better position than he was previously.
1: And I think that right there is a major moral to this story because so many times we'll think we're doing everything right. Why are these things happening to us? Or we talk about you know moving forward with faith and letting yeah. go of the past and having faith in God. And I think actually that to see our hero after being righteous to then go to prison and be wronged again by Potiphar's wife, but then realize that good things happened to him after that as he yeah. continued to choose to still have faith in God and do the right thing, I think is the real powerful lesson there. This is absolute faith and trust in God and, uh, um, no woe is me either. I mean, maybe he had woe was me moments that we but, don't know about. But not really.
0: But I mean, the Lord, the Lord stayed with him when he was in prison. He consoled yeah. him, and, and Joseph remained faithful the whole time. So, uh, I mean, that's the gist of this lesson, everybody. There's a whole section on the sins of his brothers, but it's lame. So, Lauren, <laughs> thank you for being here. Nice to have you. Thank you. All right, guys. Sunday School Bonanza. We'll be with you again next week. Thanks again very much for listening in, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.